Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today we start season three. Season three. It's wow. episode 80. We've been doing this for like 80 episodes. That's pretty amazing. It's so very fun. I, I love it. I it love it. It is so very fun. So new season. New season. We've got a new theme. We will be each week talking about different spiritual habits or disciplines yep. that we can incorporate. We want to be people who, believers who are growing in our relationship with God, and we're going to be super practical yep. and still have a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture Absolutely. along with it. So. I'm super, super excited about this season because uh, we, get an, we get an opportunity to talk about things that um, we sometimes don't have enough space for on a weekend gathering yeah. or on other platforms. So we get a chance to do that this time. Uh, we'll still start with a question and I have a question for you. I am ready. Um, what would you expect a baby to do that you would not expect an adult to do and what would you expect okay. an adult to do that you wouldn't expect a baby to do? Okay. So I'm going to expect a lot more crying as communication <laughs> from a baby. That would be a little concerning. I know a lot of adults who cried. Concerning if that's still taking place at the adults level. Yeah. Okay. Um, and for sure, a little more independence yep. in the adults, yep. not quite as depending on for yep. feeding and diapering. I'm, I mean, I guess there's some kind. Eventually we do end up in diapers sometimes anyway, but <laughs> well, I don't want to think about that. Well, some individuals, yes. Yeah. And, uh, but, but a but, lot more diapers with, with babies. For sure. For sure. <clears throat> Pacifiers. So, oh would yeah. You, would you expect no, an adult? No, that would not be good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, that would not be good. Yeah. Got to come up with some other what, soothing what about, strategies <laughs> <laughs> as adults. What, what about if, if you fed Steve all the time? <laughs> oh, that would also be a measure of concern. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that would probably it, it would be a sign that, you know, he, he was immature. And and again, I, I think we're we're asking this question because it it's kind of uncommon for at least it, it should be for someone who is a an adult Christian, someone who is growing, someone who is what we use the language, a parent. Yeah. They've grown, they've matured and still act like a baby or like a child spiritually, or you wouldn't expect um, a child. Sometimes we expect spiritually um, inf spiritual infants or spiritual children to act like they've been doing this thing for a long time. Right. And so, so this is the reason, I think part of the reason why we get a chance to talk about, I love that we get a chance to talk about what does it take for us to grow? I mean, those who are older in, in their faith, they still can grow. Those who are children, no matter where we are on the spiritual growth continuum, we can still grow. Mm -hmm. And so I believe this, this is going to be a great season. We get a chance to talk about these things, uh, about uh, how we grow, how we grow spiritually. Um, so, so there are there are many passages in in the scripture that we can talk about in terms of spiritual growth, but we've kind of latched on to a, a few passages that I think will uh, will help us. I'm going to read I'm going to read this first passage, and I want to get your immediate reaction from this passage. All okay. right? right. So this is Matthew chapter five, verse forty eight, and Jesus has been doing what we typically call the Sermon on the Mount. He's dealing with a number of different things, and then he gets to the end of chapter five, and this is what he says: "You therefore must be perfect." 
as your heavenly father is perfect. So give me your immediate reaction yeah. to this verse. Immediate reaction is great. Like, I, <laughs> right, exactly. Who can do that? Right. I, I can't do that. Be perfect. Like God is perfect. Right, exactly. That seems unreasonable. Yeah. And and, and again, if, if you read it on the surface, yep. um, sinless perfection without making mistakes. And I know you love to not make mistakes. I, right. So, uh, yes. so that's the reason I wanted to get your, <laughs> your immediate reaction from this, because um, th- there is no way if, if, on the surface, if we're talking about sinless perfection, getting everything right, there's no way that we can do this. But mm-hmm. there's something probably a little bit deeper about this passage that um, that helps us to say, okay, that's not so bad. I, I I think I can do that. So what do you what do you think this passage? If it's not sinless perfection, what do you think Jesus is talking about? Yeah, here? and I and that is important because it that would not be consistent with what the rest of Jesus says what the rest of the scriptures say. So we've talked about that before, the danger in just cherry picking a verse or just looking at it in isolation when it doesn't fit with what the rest of you, the rest of what we know to be true about God or scripture, then, okay, then it takes, we need to take another look. So you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. If it doesn't mean perfect, like we think of it, then what is it saying? It, it must be like a process, like let's be perfect. Like that is the goal or that is what we're moving towards is becoming more and more Christ-like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this is all about this idea of maturity. Mm -hmm. It's a growth process. Um, Excuse me. We can be perfect in character in that we're moving more toward uh, being more Christ-like. We can move uh, in terms of be perfect in terms of this big word holiness. And that just simply means um, where we are more and more set apart for um, for God's uh, for God's use. And so um, I would expect a baby to act like a baby. Um, But over a period of time, that baby is growing. I would expect a child to act like a child. And over a period of time, that child is growing. Same thing with a teenager. Teenager is growing, um, adolescent, um, you know, pre, um, pre-adult or whatever, whatever, however we want to call it, that individual should be moving and growing and maturing in a, pro- uh, through a process day by day where, you know, you don't have your license at 13, but at 16, 17 years old, you, you might have your license you're and yep. you're working. So, so again, it, it doesn't mean sinless perfection, but it does mean this whole idea of a process of advancing and moving forward to look more and more like Jesus each day. Mm-hmm. So with that said, like like everybody can do that. Totally. And another strategy that's helpful when looking at a passage or a verse that's confusing is to look at what other translations might say. Yep. We were reading from ESV, which is a great, solid, reliable translation. Um, but it, sometimes it's helpful to look at ones that are in more everyday language, yeah, sure. like the NLT or the message, which I did look up for this verse, which okay. the message is technically not a translation, but a paraphrase. But it definitely is helpful in putting things in more common language. And this is very cool, actually. What this? So Matthew 548 in the message says, in a word, what I'm saying is grow up your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. 
Man, that sounds like a parent talking to an adolescent. What? Can you just grow up? (laughs) (laughs) I told my kids that a a number of times. They would be horsing around, boys horsing horsing around in the living room, breaking things, and just like, would you please grow up? And and yet it feels so... intimate and invitational as opposed to a, a wagging yeah, finger. I mean, it is so. a, a sense of like, you're better than this, but Absolutely. not in a wagging finger, putting you down, but right, Hey, right. no, it's a calling up to, yeah, yeah. you can, this is who you actually are. I like that yeah. phrase of live out your God created identity. You know, that's that idea of be perfect. This you have, you are a new creation in Christ and you can live yeah. into that. I love, I, again, I love that language grow up because I think we we all know what that either someone has told us that or we have been invited into it, um, whether it is, you know, moving from reading first grade books to now you're reading, um, you know, harder books. And again, we, we we could use all kinds of language that we, we know and yeah. we're familiar with because We've watched our own children go through that. We've gone through it, and um, and we know we we know what that invitation feels like to you know to mm-hmm. grow up. We like I can't wait to grow up. I can't wait to be grown so I can do X, Y, and Z. And I think it's the same way it is that God expects His children to grow up and to move forward and advance. So mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. one passage. I, I love that passage. And then. There's another passage. This is Romans chapter eight, verses 28 and 29. I'll read the passage and just, you know, we can kind of spend just a few minutes on that. It says, and we know that for those who love God, uh, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order in order that he may be the firstborn among many brothers. So when you look at this passage, um, we, we see, a, again, I see a couple of things. First is everything that happens to us is an opportunity for us to grow, mm-hmm. opportunity for us to be shaped and molded into the image um, or the likeness of Jesus. And that's a big word for, hey, the way Jesus would handle this, we we can actually handle it the same way. And sometimes it's it's through good things that happen to us. And sometimes it's through adversity. We don't like to hear that part, but it is during the adversity. I think we've probably grow the most yeah. because we're in the crucible of pain where we have to say, God, I have no other recourse other than other than you. So what, what else do you see in that passage that could be helpful yeah. for our growth? And I also like that it gives the purpose of a relationship with God, a purpose of salvation is not just eternity when we die. Yeah. You know, it's not just a escape from hell. Yeah. It is for the purpose of us becoming more like God right now. It's yeah. not just a after we die thing, but there is, and that when it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, meaning that we we're supposed, it is predestined that we become more and more like Christ. That is part of our purpose, yeah. even right now. Yeah. And and again, that that looks so many different ways in, you know, whether it's waking up, um, having a conversation with someone, someone who maybe frustrates us, and how would Christ actually respond in that situation? Mm-hmm. Or if um, if we, if someone needs mercy right now, and we, like we're busy and we don't have time and we, you know, we're running from one thing to the next and 
And yet Jesus took time out out of a busy schedule to have mercy on people, have compassion on people. So, yeah. so again, it, it is, we can, we can run the, the, the gambit on what that might look like. And we'll talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. in the, in the practical section, but that's another place where we are now being shaped and molded um, to look more, uh, to look more like Jesus. It makes me think of, uh, you know, when people will say, oh, I met your son, Marvin Jr., and I can see, you know, the similarities and right. how you look. Like, there is a sense of when we are God's children, we should look more and more like him. And that is that process of conforming to the image of his son, yeah. like the family resemblance yeah, that's really good. should shine through. I love that. So, love and that's... That. Maybe a continual process. Yeah, here here's another passage, and um, this is a uh, this is a little bit longer passage. Just in the book of Ephesians, mm-hmm. and um, and this is what it says: and he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. We'll talk one day about uh, prophets and evangelists and shepherds and apostles, but for the sake of it, that's, that God gives these gifts to the body for the building up the, of the body until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood or womanhood to the measure uh, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So there it again, there it is, there it is again, looking like Jesus. Um, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in a deceitful scheme. So we see here that God has given the church gifts. So whether it's teachers, whether it is evangelists or other individuals to actually help everyone in the body to actually grow up so that we can take someone from an infant to now help them become um, like children and then from children to young adults and young adults to parents where they are giving their lives away. And and again, everyone is at a different place uh, on the maturity spectrum. Mm-hmm. And yet God has given these gifts to the body to actually help us all grow up. So um, so any, what, what else do you notice yeah, I mean, in, we, in that verse? And we clearly see that maturing process when he when Paul references that we may no longer be children and what the difference is between a, ch- a child and then um, a more mature, older child of God. That whole idea of being tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out from every wind of doctrine, like someone who is newer in their faith has a lot. The, it, immaturity may result in a wavering, yeah, yeah. Uh, being more easily influenced. I mean, I'm rocking back and forth in my chair, like kind of acting it out. But but I do think when we're newer in our faith, there is a lot. I mean, life yeah, has a lot coming at us. And if we're just new to the Bible or new to thinking about how does my faith play out in my life, like there, those other influences are still crashing over oh, you man, like tell waves. me about it. Tell me about it. So yeah. that maturity helps you build that stronger foundation. So then the opposite being maturity results in a firmness, a confidence in who God is and yeah. who he made us to be, his yeah. love for us. I love that verse of um, knowing and relying on the love God has for you. Like that is what we yeah. are about as we are growing and maturing. We're realizing, man, God's, 
God's got it all. Like he's yeah. got it all yeah, taken yeah. care of. I can I can rest assured in that and not get knocked down by these waves. Yeah. <laughs> well, adversity comes and and again, you know, the passage in the book of Matthew, I think it's um it's chapter seven when the storms come yeah. and the house comes crashing down, but the person whose faith and whose house is built on solid solid foundation, it actually stands against the winds and the waves and all of those things that come. Yep. And again, there's this is the reason why it is a process of growing and maturing. And I need you, you need me to actually help us to remain firm when things come our way. So being able to connect a um, a someone who's younger in their faith to someone who's older in their faith yeah. to actually have these conversations. So when an infant comes like, I don't, I don't know what to do. An older person, an older Christian would say, Hey, this is this is just a part of what it means to be a believer, and here are some things that that can actually help you when things go uh, you know go wrong. So so again, we we know that there is an expectation of God for us to grow. Mm-hmm. We He doesn't expect us to be sinless sinlessly perfect, but He does expect us to mature and grow. Um, there is this sense where we're invited into look more like Jesus. There are people around us to actually help us to grow. Uh, and yet, yet, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you this little ditty and you'll, you'll, you'll know, you'll know this as soon as I start. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They've got a million, they have millions of toys that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Uh, they've got the best for so much less. You'll really flip your lid. From bikes to trains to video games, it's the greatest toy store there is. Gee whiz. <laughs> I don't want to grow up because, baby, if, if I, I did, did, I wouldn't I couldn't be, be a, a Toys R Us, Us kid. kid. I do know that. <laughs> We're, we've gone back. We've we we reverted have. back. The, the, this has to do with what, what if I don't have the desire to grow? Because this is really, this is really what, you know, can you imagine a 40 year old person says, I don't want to grow up like and and then start singing this Toys R Us kid Mm -hmm. song. And I think that sometimes the way it is as followers of Jesus, we may not actually say it out loud, but in our minds, we say, man, I don't want to grow up. So what do you think is some of the reasons why maybe individuals don't want to grow up? Hmm. I think maybe they don't realize the blessing that comes in that. Yeah. Um, if you if you view your salvation as just well, that's so I could get into heaven and and don't have to go to hell. But if you're not making that connection between your life right now, well, and really even that it's a relationship and it's not a transaction. We've used that in previous seasons. This is not a transactional thing, but I think we do because much of in our earthly lives, there is a transaction. It's you help me, I help you. You know, it's keeping it even sort of that we're very concerned about that. And so I think maybe that's it, that we're just translating. And and then we miss out when we, if we view... A relationship with God. Yeah, I, I like think that. I think absolutely we, we view it as transaction. I think we miss some of the things that um, we, we don't know what God has for us. And and yet I think it this I think it goes to um, 
sometimes desire and responsibility. Like, like, you know, as a, as a kid, like I, I love the benefits without the responsibility. Sure. And so, and, and I think we, sometimes we love the benefit of being a Christian without the responsibility to, uh, I'm going to read a passage in a few minutes to work out our own salvation. And then, and then the other, the other aspect is that some days I wake up and I just don't have the desire to grow. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't want to put forth the effort. There's, I, I don't feel like reading my Bible, don't feel like worshiping, don't feel like doing any of those things. I really just simply want to remain a kid because it's less re, less responsibility. I don't have to hear God speaking to me and I can kind of live my own agenda. And yet there is... Um, there's this both and God's part and my part in growing. And this is what Philippians chapter two, verses 12 and 13 says, it says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, this is the apostle Paul speaking, but much more in my absence. And then here's the passage, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so, so right away, let me, let, let's say that this is not working for our salvation. This right. is not working to be righteous before God. God has already made us righteous in Jesus Christ's death on the cross. But now that we are following Jesus, we have a responsibility to take control of our own growth. Mm -hmm. That is using or, or engaging in the habits that will actually help us to grow. So I have a responsibility to grow. You have a responsibility to grow. And I think sometimes we get in the habit of letting other people take responsibility for our spiritual growth. Hmm. So you, we often hear, well, the pastor is not feeding me. And, and I can get that. I, I totally get that. There are some individuals who don't know the Bible and, and it takes the pastor helping them to understand. But if you are a, a, a spiritually mature adult, Number one, you should be feeding yourself. Number two, you should actually be feeding others who are coming along in mm -hmm. the faith. So, so we have a responsibility for our own growth. But then there's God's part in our growth as well. And what, what do you what do yeah, you see? That? Well, and I see why you said it's a both and because in that same passage passage it says, work out your own salvation, and it also says. It is God who works in you. Yeah, exactly. So it is a both and. We are doing work. But it's also God who's working in us. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you, so it is not working for your salvation yep. or even working for extra credit. <laughs> people like me, like, oh yeah, I know God loves yeah, you right, and, right. unconditionally, but maybe <laughs> you might love me more. That is not the case. It, yeah. it is God who's working in us. It, it makes me think of even our mission statement as a church of awakening people to full life with Christ. And that yeah. awakening is a process to full life is an ongoing yeah. unveiling of, I mean, our lifelong. We are continuing to experience or have the opportunity to experience a fuller and fuller what that might mean Absolutely. for that life with Christ. Yeah. And I would, and, and, you know, as we get ready to wrap this, um, this episode up, one of the things that I think we both could, um, for though to give, both of us would love to give the listeners as we, uh, kind of wrap this up is if you are lacking the desire, um, this text says 
that God is the one who is actually working in us to give the give us the desire. Mm-hmm. So there are days I pray, God, give me the desire to desire you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I don't even have the desire to desire God. And um, and yet God says, I'm working in you to give you the desire to desire me, but also to carry out the desires that I just gave you. Hmm. And so so if I if I don't have the desire, God, please give me the desire. Give me the desire to read my Bible. Give me the desire to pray. Give me the desire to worship. And I believe and I've seen it over and over again that God gives me the desire to actually desire him. Mm -hmm. And before long, I'm reading scripture and I'm like, I'm desiring to do it and I'm praying and I'm actually desiring to do it. And so, um, so, and I know there are a number of people who in their walk with Jesus, it's not because they don't know where the Bible is. They don't, they come to church, but I think sometimes we just lack the desire. And God says, listen, I'm, I want you to grow. I've placed a growth gene in you. Mm-hmm. And I want to um, I want to actually tap into that to give you the desire to desire me. Not so much all the stuff, which is good. These are tools yeah. to actually help us to grow. Exactly. Yep. But the real prize is God Himself. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think if 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 anything, if we if we leave anything with you today, it is began to ask God for the desire to desire him. Mm-hmm. And when we desire him, we'll desire the things that he loves as well, whether it's his word or whether it's worship or whether it's um, spending time understanding who the spirit of God is, spending time in community, conversation over a passage of scriptures, friends doing that. So so I think, I think man, God desires us to grow and, um, and we desire... Um, those who are listening, we desire you to grow as well, because when when we do, I think an entire world that we might be missing is opened up to us and we get to chance, get a chance to see God in, in a different light. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And you hinted at it a little bit where we're going then for the rest of this uh, season. So our hope was maybe building a little bit of a desire through this episode, the why behind spiritual growth. And now we'll each episode will explore a different spiritual habit or rhythm um, that you may add into your own spiritual growth plan. Um, And I'm excited to see where we're headed. So we, but as we wrap up our usual wrap up, what can we believe about God, ourselves and others from these passages. We'll yeah. say we covered several different ones. What I, stood out to you? I think just right off the bat, God desires us to grow. He yeah. He has a deep, deep desire to see us grow up in him and to know him better so that we might know um, all the riches, all the treasures, all the intimacy that he has for us mm-hmm. uh, in him. So I, I would say that, that that's one thing. So Yeah. And then and just that opportunity it is not to do stuff and check off boxes. Yeah. Like it's not about these habits, but it is about understanding God more and more. And that is really the appeal of it. I mean, yeah, any habit building plan we can gut out or we might struggle with, but yeah. if, if it was yeah. just yeah. about the plan, then that's, yeah. we're missing the point. But I think that is what's so beautiful in all of these passages that echo of, yeah, there's something more, this desire that, God has for us to experience him now in an increasing measure. And that idea of, and then we look more like him, like then people can recognize, oh, 
You must be one of God's children because yeah. you're looking more and more like him these yeah, days. So absolutely. Love I think it. That's very Love cool. It. I'm excited. Excited about this season. I am too. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, friends. We will uh, look forward to chatting with you again next week. 